In this podcast, I would like to discuss the issue of sciatica. Sciatica is typically presented with specific symptoms that include pain or altered sensation from the gluteal region down the leg. To be defined as sciatica, the symptoms must pass the knee. This is a critical thing to understand. If your symptoms simply go to your knee, then there is the highest probability that you do not have sciatica, that in fact you just have a muscular cause of symptom, a strain, most likely. So to have sciatic symptoms, the symptoms must begin in the gluteal region and end somewhere at the level of the shin. In most cases, people actually have it down to the foot. Now, when we talk about sciatica, we are referring to irritation of the sciatic nerve. Hopefully, anyone listening to this podcast would acknowledge that pretty much by definition, sciatica implies irritation of the sciatic nerve. What has led so many people to invalid surgeries and an inability to resolve their symptoms, if anything, only finding heightened symptoms after treatment, is the idea that sciatica could ever be associated with the lumbar spine. This is probably the greatest falsehood that has been created by the medical establishment and attempted to be reinforced by the use of MRIs. Now, the first thing we have to discuss is an understanding of where the sciatic nerve begins and where the sciatic nerve ends. So this isn't simply something that you need to accept from me. You could certainly look it up, get some sort of atlas, and start to understand by a pictorial presentation where the sciatic nerve begins and where it ends. So the sciatic nerve actually begins in the gluteal region and runs down the back of the leg and then reaches the back of the knee and then bifurcates into two other nerves, actually splits into two other nerves. So if we're talking about the sciatic nerve, its location or its entity, the the point at which it starts and ends is the gluteal region down the back of the leg to the back of the knee. So, let's go back to our definition of sciatica, irritation of the sciatic nerve. If we're accepting the premise that irritation of the sciatic nerve is what is creating the symptom, that would mean that the irritation must occur somewhere within the path of the nerve, which is to say that the irritation must occur somewhere between the gluteal region and the back of the knee. This is not what the medical establishment will try to have you believe. They will try to convince you that the cause of sciatica occurs at the lumbar spine. But as I have presented so clearly, accurately, and legitimately, is the fact that the sciatic nerve actually only begins at the gluteal region and ends at the back of the knee. So what you need to understand absolutely unequivocally is the fact that the sciatic nerve does not join the lumbar spine. 
there is no connection of the sciatic nerve to the lumbar spine. What does attach to the lumbar spine are the nerve roots, which are the extensions of the spinal cord that come out at every level of the spine. These are called nerve roots. And seven nerve roots, five from the lumbar spine, two from the sacral spine, join together to form the actual sciatic nerve. So you have seven independent nerve roots coming out of the lumbar spine. They don't join together until when? They reach the gluteal region, at which time when they join together, they form the sciatic nerve. So again, if you're looking at a pictorial presentation, you would see seven extensions coming off the spinal cord that eventually join together at the gluteal region and form the sciatic nerve. Now, the medical establishment will try to convince you that a herniated disc, stenosis, a pinched nerve, some sort of structural variation at the lumbar spine, which affects a nerve root, is the equivalent of affecting a nerve. Let's be absolutely clear. This could not be farther from the truth. This is basically a lie. There is no way of looking at this any other way. A nerve root innervates a certain area of skin. The area of skin that is innervated by the nerve root is called a dermatome. If you wanted to see where specific nerve roots innervate which areas of skin, you could go and look up a dermatomal chart. If we are looking at the, I'm sorry, I think actually I had, I had actually reversed it. There's only two lumbar spine nerve roots and five sacral spine nerve roots that create the sciatic nerve. I think I actually said it earlier that it was five lumbar and two sacral. It's reversed. It's L4, L5 and all the five sacral nerve roots that create the sciatic nerve. So we are looking at L4. Let's say that you were told, oh my god, you have a herniated disc or a pinched nerve or stenosis that's supposedly affecting the L4 nerve root and someone's trying to justify to you that that is the creation of sciatica, that's a fallacy because if you were to look at the dermatonal chart for the L4 nerve root, you would see that this simply creates altered sensation at the inner shin. If we were to look at the L5 nerve root, we would see that that creates altered sensation at the outer shin. If we were to look at the S1 nerve root, we would see that relates to the underside of the foot, the heel, and the back of the shin. And then if we were to look at S2, we would see that that reaches the back of the thigh. So, if we are to believe that a nerve root innervates the entire area that irritation of the sciatic nerve creates, the sciatic nerve creates a symptom from the gluteal region all the way down to the foot in most cases. As I've just presented, the individual nerve roots only innervate areas of skin that are part 
of this overall area from the gluteal region to the foot. So, what you have to understand is that you cannot be told that a particular structural variation is the cause of a symptom if the symptom being experienced falls outside the area of skin that that structural abnormality supposedly is responsible for innovating. So again, to review the premise, if you have an L4 nerve root impingement, if you have stenosis at L4, if you have a herniated disc at L4, you can only expect your symptoms to enter the area which is innervated by the dermatonal area of L4, which is the inner shin. If we're looking at L5, it's the outer shin. If we're looking at S1, it's the underside of the foot, the heel, and the calf. If we're looking at S2, we're looking at the back of the thigh. So clearly, if you're having symptoms from the gluteal region down the lower leg and most likely to the foot, this area of skin is dramatically greater than any of these nerve roots have the capacity to innervate. Therefore, there is no possible way that anybody can tell you that a nerve root impingement of a L4 or L5 nerve root can create sciatica. I know they want to say that. I know it benefits to them to say that. But you have to begin to look at things from a logical perspective and you have to begin to understand how structural variations affect certain areas of the body so you can determine whether the structural variation that you are being told is the cause of your symptoms can actually cause the symptom where you're experiencing it. And in the case of sciatica, there is no possible way that an L4 or L5 nerve root impingement, herniated disc, or stenosis can create sciatica. You must fully embrace this idea if you are to prevent yourself from getting epidural nerve blocks, basically leading to some sort of surgery at the lumbar spine, fusion, or any of the other type things, when those don't work, leading to most likely some sort of radiofrequency ablation or rhizotomy, which is the cauterizing of nerves or severing of nerves, and ultimately ending up in the boat with 22 other million people have ended up, which is being addicted to prescription pain medication. That only happens if the wrong tissue has been addressed. If the right tissue creating the specific symptom you're experienced is addressed and resolved, then the symptom simply ceases. There's no reason to sustain the symptom. So for all of you who continue to suffer with sciatic symptoms after you've been treated at the lumbar spine, here is your wake-up call. This is the recognition. You have had the wrong tissue treated. Now, to take it even a step further, in 2005, a gentleman named Aaron Filla creates the MRN, Magnetic Resonance Neurography. It's a high-powered MRI, and it actually has the ability to see nerves as they pass through tissue. What you want to understand is that the MRI cannot 
seeing nerves. They can see the spinal cord and they can identify nerve roots. When nerve roots form nerves, which then pass through tissue, the MRI is incapable of differentiating the nerve as it's passing through tissue. The MRN, magnetic resonance neurography, can. Aaron Phillips' study showed that in 93% of cases of sciatica, the cause was a muscle called the piriformis muscle, which sits in the gluteal region exactly where the sciatic nerve begins in 30% of the population. The sciatic nerve actually perforates directly through the piriformis muscle and has acknowledged that in 93% of cases of sciatica, the cause is a strained piriformis muscle impinging on the sciatic nerve. It has nothing to do with the lumbar spine. 93% of cases. This is the same type of technology as the MRI. It's actually more high-powered. And this technology has shown 93% of cases of sciatica, the piriformis muscle impinging on the sciatic nerve, which is great as a diagnostic method, but I've been basically promoting this pretty much since I graduated in 1993 and have been treating people and have had pretty close to an almost 100% success rate in addressing sciatica as the result of the piriformis muscle impinging on the sciatic nerve. So if we can accept this premise, which is the more logical premise, since it falls into the logical understanding of irritation of the sciatic nerve occurring within the path of the sciatic nerve, which is to say from the gluteal region to the back of the knee. The next thing to understand is why would the piriformis muscle strain and impinge on the sciatic nerve, and that relates to a strained muscle called the gluteus medius muscle, a muscle that sits just above your hip joint and is responsible for creating stability and balance when you're single leg standing. If this muscle were to strain due to weakness, then the piriformis muscle, which just sits adjacent to it, would try to compensate, eventually breaks down, thickens as it strains, and impinges on the sciatic nerve. The big thing to take away from this podcast is the fact that sciatica is not related to the lumbar spine. It is actually related to hip dysfunction. Straining of the muscles that are responsible for supporting the hip joint when single leg standing as a means of providing stability. So, if you can take away the idea that the cause is a muscular cause creating a neurological symptom, which falls into one of the YAS premises, which is that a muscle strain, a muscle straining and referring a symptom, or a muscle straining and impinging on a nerve, which then refers a symptom, accounts for 95 to 98% of the causes of pain. This is why the success rate is so high utilizing the YAS method versus the massively failed rate that could be seen by the use of the existing medical model trying to diagnose through diagnostic tests like MRIs. But in the case of sciatica, it goes beyond that. It is a complete lack of logical understanding to imply that the cause of a symptom that's related to a nerve can actually be created outside the pathway of the nerve. That to me is the most insane portion of this. I think that's the thing that irritates me and angers me more than anything else, that people are getting surgery for their spine, ending up with the same if not greater pain, and the medical establishment kind of shakes their head and says, I don't understand why, when in fact it's so grossly obvious that you're doing surgery on something that falls outside the area that the nerve innovates, so why would you think that you're going to alter anything regarding that nerve? 
This is why I will continue to express to you, you have one and only one chance to resolve your symptoms, and that is the utilization of the YAS method. It is the only method that properly diagnoses the cause of symptoms by interpreting the symptoms that the body is presenting. It ignores the use of diagnostic tests. If you want to get more information about the YAS method, you can go to my website at www.mitchellyas.com. You can email me at drmitch at mitchellyas.com, D-R-M-I-T-C-H at M-I-T-C-H-L-L-Y-A-S-S.com. Or you can call me on my cell phone at 516-449-1359, 516-449-1359. If you're listening to this and you hear me giving my personal information, my email address and my phone number, you're probably saying, why would this guy be doing this? And that is because the YAS method has to become the standard of care. There are roughly 126 million adult Americans suffering from chronic pain, roughly a billion in the world, until the YAS method becomes the standard of care and the MRI is abolished as the primary mechanism for diagnosing the cause of pain. People will simply continue to suffer, lose hope, become disillusioned, and more and more will simply become addicted to prescription pain medication with no hope of ending that. I believe this is my path, this is my, this is what has been chosen for me, and as a result, I need to put myself out there and make myself as available to anybody seeking the proper path to end their symptoms. That's why I'm out here, that's why I'm doing this. So please contact me, get the YAS method, and let's get your life back. Let's get you the quality of life you so deserve. For now, this is Dr. Mitchell Yas wishing you a pain-free, fully functional life. Bye.